Good to go. Praise the Lord. God is good, amen? Amen. All the time. Wow, we are a small little group today, aren't we? (laughs) Praise the Lord. God is good. He does great things with small groups. Think of Gideon's army. Amen? Before we get started, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, and praise you for this day. Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we, we praise you. We come here with open hearts to worship you. Lord God, to hear from you, to get direction from you, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, and Lord, we pray for your help, your guidance, your Holy Spirit, that you would minister to us, Lord God. And I just pray that you would do that today. Lord, we pray that you would have your way with this service. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's take up an offering, amen? Amen. There's my little usher. You're going to be back on Sunday next week, right? Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the tithes and the offerings that you're bringing in this house. We pray that you would bless your people, Lord God, abundantly. That you would continue to pour out, Lord God, upon us. Lord God, and we pray that your hand would lead and guide us. Lord, we pray for your blessing on our finances. Lord God, and we pray that, Lord, we know that we're giving into the kingdom. We know that we're giving into the kingdom. Lord God, and I just pray this, and I just thank you for those promises. Lord God, in Jesus' name, amen. The title of my sermon today is called The Battle for Your Mind. The Battle for Your Mind. Wipe off my glasses. A little humidity on them. That is much better. I can see you without blurry spots. The battle for your mind. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, Above all else, Guard your heart. In the CIB version it says guard your mind. For it is the wellspring of life. You have kids church today or are you coming in? Alright. There you go. Praise the Lord. I'll say it again, Proverbs 4, 23. It says, above all else, guard your heart. Again, in the CEB version, it says, guard your mind. For it is the wellspring of life. We have to be aware That Satan is coming against us. To take the thoughts of God out of our minds. We have an enemy who is pretty proactive in this. 
He's doing it in our homes. He's doing it in our schools. He's doing it in the government. He's doing it in psychology. And he's even doing it in our churches. Believe it or not. Satan is active in trying to get God out of the thoughts of your mind. Because he does not want you thinking about God. He wants you thinking about him. Yourself. He wants you to be thinking about everything else but God. He's been trying to remove God for such a long time. And he's been pretty successful at it. He tried to remove God when he was in heaven. When he wanted to be worshipped. When he thought he should be worshipped. And what did Jesus say? I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky. That's what Jesus said to his disciples when he sent them out. He sent out 72 of them. And they came back to him. And they said, oh, we did this, we did this, we did this in your name. We cast out demons in your name. And he turned around and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky. We have to be careful. Because if the devil can get a foothold in your mind, if the devil can get a foothold in your mind, then he can influence your actions. He can influence your thoughts, which in turn lead to your actions and your reactions. That's why we have to guard our minds, guard our hearts, for it is the wellspring of life. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27 it says do not give the devil a foothold Paul is telling them telling the Ephesians don't give the devil a foothold cuz if the devil can get a foothold if he can get an open door cuz once he gets that foothold he digs in he digs his claws in and he doesn't let go and he holds on And he pushes and he pulls his way into the door. And he makes it wider and wider. So he can have more control over you. And it makes it harder and harder for you to cleanse your mind. It makes it harder and harder for you to stop the oppression of the enemy. Makes it harder for you to cast him out. And the longer he's there, the more of the foothold and the more of the hold he's got on your life. And on your mind and on your thoughts. And then when you do cast him out, what does he do? He goes and gets several of his buddies to come back. Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 12, 
verses 43 through 45, says this. This is Jesus' words. He says, when an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places, seeking rest, and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order. The devil leaves that, that house as representative of our bodies. That house is representative of our bodies. And when we cast out the devil of our bodies and we clean it, but if we don't occupy it with God, it finds it empty, swept clean and empty. But it needs to be filled, this vessel needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because if it's not, then the door is wide open. And then what does it say? It says, then it goes and it takes with it seven other spirits that are more wicked than itself. And they go in and they live there. And they could not live there if that spirit was, if that body, if that vessel was filled with the Holy Spirit. It would not be able to live there. But because it wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit, because it filled wasn't, wasn't filled with the Spirit of God, the door is wide open. And now you got several more demonic spirits living in one vessel, in one body. And it says that it finds the condition of a man is worse than the first. Then Jesus went on and said this. This is how it is. And this is how it will be with this wicked generation. I don't know about you, but we're living in a pretty wicked time. We're living in a pretty wicked generation where they want to remove God from our schools, from our government. There are activists out there trying to remove God from our lives, from Christians, from places of worship. They've tried to take the cross out because they say it's offensive. They've taken down the Ten Commandments. They're even trying to change the national anthem or the pledge of the flag in God we trust. Look at our government, how it glorifies. 
how it celebrates the death of babies in our own state. We're living in the most wicked generation. Terrible wicked, where evil is celebrated and the devil is glorified. The occult or Satanism has been on the rise and has been increasing at alarming rates and at breakneck speeds. Many young people your age are seeking their spiritual identity through Satanism and the occult. They're getting caught up in it. They're getting deceived by its fascinations. C.S. Lewis wrote this about Satan in his book, Screw Tape Letters. He said there are two equal there are two equal opposites errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. In other words, he's saying to disbelieve that the devil even exists is a falsehood, it's a lie. But people believe that. They they believe that even God doesn't exist. But they believe that the devil doesn't exist. The other is to believe and to feel an unhealthy interest in him. In other words, they believe in the devil, but yet they're interested in him. They show interest. He said, they themselves are equally pleased by both errors. And they hail a materialist or magician with the same delight. Hollywood has glorified the devil. I remember not too long ago seeing a show that was going to premiere about Lucifer. And how they portrayed him of being some cool, tough dude or something like that. I don't know. I never watched it. Never will. But they portrayed the devil as being cool. They glorified the devil. They made him out to be someone looked up to. And even worshipped. And isn't that what Jesus was confronted on when he was tempted in the desert? When the devil said, if you would just bow down and worship me, I will give you the kingdoms of the earth? No different than how Hollywood has portrayed the devil and how the devil gets into our minds and how there's an interest there. Our teens and even our adults have found interest in him. 
as their God and they worship him. There are active Satanists out there in the cults right now worshiping the devil. Taking this holy day that God made the Sabbath day and have tried to twist it and turn it around for something evil. They've given their souls over to the demonic and to demonic oppression. And thinking about demonic oppression, that brings up a big debate in the church. Can a Christian be demonically possessed? Can a Christian be demonically possessed? Absolutely not. A Christian cannot be demonically oppressed if that Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit. And 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 declares that the body of the Christian is the temple of God. The temple of the Holy Spirit. That makes it pretty clear that a Christian cannot be possessed. But if that Christian doesn't fill the house with the Holy Spirit and confesses to be a Christian but is not a Christian, then yes, the door is wide open. The temple is empty. But a true believer in Christ that's been baptized in the Holy Spirit cannot be possessed by the devil. It's impossible. It's impossible for the devil to be in the presence of God. Now, can a Christian be oppressed? I believe a a Christian can be oppressed. See, possession and oppression are two different things. Possession is taking over the whole body, being possessed. Oppression is what the Jews have gone through throughout all of history. Oppression is somebody forcing their way upon you. Forcing their beliefs upon you. Causing you to carry burdens that you should not be carrying. A Christian who is in sin can be oppressed because he or she has allowed a foothold for Satan to latch on to. The Bible tells us throughout history, God's people, Israel, have been experienced They have experienced oppression. They've experienced oppression. Why? Because they were sinful. And they were rebellious against God. So God turned them over to other kingdoms. In Daniel's age, he turned them over to the Babylonians. And they went under 70 years captivity. They were oppressed in Egypt. That's why God sent a deliverer, Moses. God said, I heard the cry of my people for 400 years to send a deliverer. You know, God hates oppression. He hates oppression. Because God remains the same today. He hates how some people enslave others. And how some people, wicked people, 
unjustly treat others. God hates that. In how some places, and some people, they place too much burden on others. God hates that too. That is a form of oppression. And it was sin that oppressed mankind. It was sin that oppressed mankind. And God wants all mankind to be freed from sin. God wants all mankind to be freed. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to set us free. To set the captives free. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ. So that, and that's why Jesus left, so that way we could be filled with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17. And I'm going to read all the way to chapter 5, verse 21. This is Paul telling the Ephesians to live as children of the light. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. In the futility of their thinking. Back to Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. Guard your mind. It is the wellspring of life. So they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sexuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Paul says, You, however, did not come to know Christ this way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. To die to yourself. You are a new creature. You are a new creature created in Christ Jesus to do good works. To put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. To be made new in the way of your thinking. The way of your thought processes. Not to be thinking like the world's ways, but to be thinking like the kingdom ways. The heavenly ways. And how to renew our minds? By the washing of the word. It's by the washing of the word, which is reading your Bibles. That's how. 
We renew our minds. And to put off the old self. And to put on the new self, excuse me. And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. See, you have been created to be like God. We are created in the image of God. When God created man in the Garden of Eden, He created you in His image. You have been created to be like God. Not just looking like Him, but in righteousness. In holiness. Not just looking like Him, but living like Him. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. If your anger, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but he must work doing something useful with his hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Because you've been sealed by the Spirit through the redemption of Jesus' blood. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice. Instead, you are to be kind. You are to be compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, God, has forgiven you. Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved loved children, and live a life of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But among you, there must be not even a hint of sexual immorality, or any kind of impurity, or of greed. Because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place. But rather there should be thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. In the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them. 
For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the life, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything is exposed by the light. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine upon you. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God our Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Always give thanks. Always give thanks to God our Father. Always give thanks. Do not let the devil in. It's so easy in today's age to get caught up in what our Pastor Tom used to say, stinking thinking. It's so easy to get caught up with the crowd and the mob. It's so easy to get our thoughts on things and start pondering them and going over them over and over again in our minds about thinking bad about others. It's easy to do that. That's why the Bible says it clear that we need to guard our minds and our hearts. That we need to take watch over them. We need to raise a standard over them. So we don't let that stinking thinking start to consume us. Because all we're doing is opening the door for the devil. We need to trust God with all our heart. Lean not on our understanding, but lean on God's understanding. Because he said, in all your ways, you'll make your path straight. That's what we need to do. We need to guard our hearts, guard our minds. Because the enemy, the devil, is out there like a roaring lion. Looking for people to devour. Looking Looking for open doors. He's looking for that clean house that's not filled with the Holy Spirit. He's looking for that vessel that he can possess. And he's looking for that vessel that he can oppress. That he can cast on burdens upon them. To make them feel weighed down and ineffective. That's what he does to Christians. He tries to make us weigh down. He tries to weigh us down and make us ineffective in our lives. He tries to make us so that we're not worthy. And we're not worthy. Not one of us here is worthy. 
It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ is why we're worthy. It's only through the work that God's done on the cross that makes us worthy. But he tries to throw lies out there. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. And none of it we are. And we're not. But that's why we have a Savior in Jesus who is. Amen? So when the devil comes and he starts talking to you in your ear and talking and whispering, you rebuke him. And you say, no, devil, I got a, I got a Jesus in heaven, a God in heaven who's praying for me. That's what he said to his disciples when he said to Peter, he says, you know, the devil wants to sift you. But I'm praying for you is what he said. I'm praying for you. And he's watching over you. But we have to take every thought captive. We have to take every thought captive to Christ. Every thought we have to take to Him. And everything that's not of God, we've got to rebuke and pray the blood of Jesus over it. So we don't let the devil in. We have to be strong. Because the days are wicked. Jesus said it in Matthew. This is a wicked generation. He said, this is how it will be with this wicked generation. In Matthew chapter 12. Verse 45. We're living in wicked times. There's evil running rampant all over the place. And Jesus tells us and he warns us, this is how it's going to be. Evil is going to abound more and more. But those that are for Christ Jesus are going to abound even more and more. There's going to be a clear separation between evil and good. And we see that. We see it every day. We need to trust God. We need to believe on his word. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. All of us. Need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need to love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That's the greatest commandment. Amen.